0: Hello and welcome back to the Front Row podcast. Gentlemen, we just watched the Styrian Grand Prix, I believe it was, not the Austrian Grand Prix. Probably not as good, weirdly, as the French Grand Prix last week, despite it you would have expected it to be the other way around. But uh, not too bad, there was a bit of action in the midfield this time, despite uh, trains being formed. Overall, what did you make of it?
1: Uh, I think we've been treated to a lot of fantastic races this year, and this just didn't really live up to the billing. Now, on a regular year of F1, you'd probably say, hey, that was a pretty good race, because there was a little bit of action going on. Um, My main problem with it was that half of the action we didn't actually see, because they were focusing solely on Lewis Hamilton, for whatever reason, in the coverage.
0: Yeah, it seemed a bit bizarre to be focused on someone who's nowhere near, but anyway, Fionn, what did you make of it?
1: Yeah, I didn't think
2: it was too bad either. I don't mind a bit of midfield action, even if the, the ones out in front are pretty clear and don't put much pressure on each other. We saw that for many, many years with Mercedes out there, so I don't really mind if it's Red Bull. I thought, yeah, I mean, obviously as a Ferrari fan, there's plenty for me to watch and cheer, but we were we were very active in this race, which is good. But uh, as, uh, as everyone knows, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Mm. Baby shark, baby shark. So I thought I'd start a little
0: bit different this time. Instead of saying the same thing, oh, both houses finished. How brilliant is that, Fion? We'll kind of clump all that backfield together. So we'll talk about the Williams, the Alfa Romeo, and Haas all together. Obviously, the biggest story of them would be George Russell was doing so well in eighth. He didn't bottle it rain. He was uh pretty good off the line. He was ahead of Ricardo, and when Ricardo fell back, he was still staying ahead of Sunada. And uh, putting the pressure on Alonso, but unfortunately he had that, what was it, pneumatic pressure issue or something like that? Yeah, and he had someone, someone on
1: the team forgot to bottle it. So they didn't <laughs> 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 that's that's true. But what did you, up to that point,
0: he looked very strong. What
1: did you make of it? Yeah, I reckon he's cursed at this stage. Like, the the guy just, anytime he's in a point situation. Now, sometimes he brings it on himself, but other times it's just total unluckiness that uh, leads to him dropping out of the the points and it's usually actually out of the race that he goes uh when he's up in that points position so yeah i do feel a bit bad for him uh in this situation he was driving well he was impressing me um yeah that's all i can really say
0: yeah not too bad for alfa romeo uh Kimi Reichen obviously finishing 11th just outside the points there uh and giovanazzi a little bit further back and then, of course, with the um, the Hasses finishing, Mick Schumacher finishing ahead of Nicholas Latifi. Obviously, he had a little bit of an issue on lap one, so can't read too much into that. And uh, Mazepin finishing last, but as we say every week, brilliant for Hass to actually finish the Grand Prix with both drivers, and that's the most important thing. And I I don't, I don't really... want to hear
1: I don't want to hear if you want to talk about that. By the way, can I can I take the job of the host just for two seconds? Go for it. Go for it. Do you guys think that Haas are in a better position for next season than Williams are?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think they're in exactly the same position. I think they're in a worse position. I think Williams have a little bit more people than Haas, so I think they can afford to double develop a car, whereas Haas are such a small team that does mostly customer stuff. So I think this new change is going to force them to design some of their old parts from spec until like because you can only as a customer team you can only buy last year's spec of parts that are allowed to be bought in so they'll have to design those parts at least for the first season all on their own so I think them not developing and Williams developing two in a row I think to be honest it's going to work out pretty much the same I don't expect either of those teams to be like in the top three next season put it like that (laughs)
0: No, I think that's a bit of a long shot, but I think Williams are probably set up a little bit better. They have a bit more financial security, and also they have a Mercedes power unit, and the Ferrari power unit looks a bit ropey at times. So I think just simply because of that, they're a little bit ahead. Are they
2: changing power units for next year? Are they allowed to tweak the power units going into the new models?
0: They can be developed, and then from the end of next year, engine freeze for the next three or four seasons, I think.
1: Well, for me, I would actually say that Haas are in a better position going into next year. Like, you're talking about these teams, this team as being a small team with not that much financial backing. I'd actually have to disagree with you there. Like, it's the same team that races in in NASCAR, and they have a huge team in NASCAR, very well financially backed. All it takes is them putting a little bit more investment in. They also have financial backing from the, the Mazepin, uh, Ural Kali background and more coming from the Germans so I think actually they're in a good position they don't seem to be having the same mechanical failures as Williams they don't seem to be having the same issue with following cars where they have the peaky downforce as it were I really think that Williams at the moment are a dumpster fire we saw Jost Capito get rid of uh, the team principal and take over the job himself um they're trying to streamline their whole operation. I really think they're in a rebuilding phase, uh like at the moment stripping things down, whereas Haas are right there trying to build things back up again. So they're one step ahead of Williams, in my opinion.
2: Well, look, I think the thing that might hit Williams the hardest is if Russell does get poached, I think that's gonna create a problem where Haas will then have two rookies who've got a year under their belt and are in the system and are no longer rook- rookies. And then Williams might end up with Latifi, who unfortunately today proved he wasn't quick. I know you said he had an issue, uh, an issue at the start, and that's true. But I think Williams, given the pace that Russell showed, really would have hoped that Latifi could have caught the two, like, both passes. I think that's what they would have aimed for once that initial problem came in I think that's what they would have reset their target to so I think missing out on Mick Schumacher is a little bit disappointing for Latifi so they might be in trouble in terms of their drivers definitely more than Haas next season if Russell does end up leaving
1: yeah well this is another one of the points that I was going to make the the Haas drivers are pretty much locked in for next season they're not going anywhere whereas Williams are a little bit up in the air like the Latifi probably I don't want to say he doesn't deserve his seat next year, but he certainly hasn't shown uh, an awful lot to guarantee that he'll be there next year. And it's pretty much guaranteed at this stage that Russell is moving on. So you're going to at least have one rookie in that Williams team. And in a total rebuild kind of year in 2022 with the new rules, I, I genuinely think has are better set up to, uh, to succeed than Williams are.
0: Yeah, it's interesting as well because obviously there's a bit of talk as well about Gene Haas maybe getting fed up and selling the team. He's going, the he's most... going you hear to hear from me first. The Haas the, team
2: won't be in F1 next year.
0: The most likely buyer would probably be Mr. Mazepin. So, and we all know the financial backing he brings. So it does seem like they're in a fairly solid position. And it's like we're yet to see what obviously Darrelton Capital have bought Williams, and we're yet to see whether that will come to fruition bring them some some more uh good fortune or anything like that but yeah i don't know it's it's a tough one and i don't see them being anything other than backmarkers again next year unless this real change is so dramatic that it mixes up everything but i don't see that happening
2: yeah i think the big takeaway from this bottom group for me brogan was Raikkonen had a great day uh alfa romeo i think They put a little underscore just to make sure that everyone knew they have moved away from Hassan Williams. They are a little bit cut adrift of the other teams as well. But they seem to do this weird thing every single race and just go as long as they can in the first stint. Throw on a new set of tyres towards the end of the race and see where they can get. And it seems to be most effective at catching out those, the slower drivers of the middle packs. Like how often do we see them finish on front of at least one car from either Alpine, uh, Alpine, Aston Martin, or Alpha Terry. So, I mean, it's they're in no way competing with those teams, I fully admit that, but it's an interesting little tactic we've seen them use so far this year, I think, in my opinion.
1: I would agree with you there, Fiona, and I don't know why more teams at that backfield aren't using the same strategy. I mean, this going along with the hards at the start of every race... It basically means if there's a safety car midway through, the, uh, midway through the race, now you're set up in an ideal situation where you can go and grab some points because you've basically earned yourself a free pit stop ahead of the guys in the midfield who will be on the more traditional strategies with the mediums and the softs uh, starting the race. And yeah, I, I don't know why Williams won't even look at that and neither will Haas. It seems to be working for them. They're the only team out of that backfield to have scored points in the last two years. So, um, actually, Haas might have got one last year, did they?
0: I think they did get some points, yeah. But, yeah, and especially when you have a the most experienced driver on the grid in Kimi Raikkonen, you, you have to imagine he's going to keep on to a position... Like the P11 today. I'm not sure whether he was under much pressure, but
2: well, he overtook Vettel right at the end, so that's promising over- that they there had you go. speed at the end of the race, and they were actually overtaking cars instead of just jumping them on on strategy, which I think is very promising for Alpha Romeo.
0: Yeah, and and that's a Sebastian Vettel that finished on the podium this year, so it's it's not a now it's not the quickest car in the grid, but it's not necessarily a slow car, so it shows that that tactic can work, especially when you have a driver as experienced and as good as Kimi Raikkonen and Nazi.
1: We haven't even mentioned the fact that Leclerc damaged Raikkonen's car as well. Yeah. So, but he, he had a wing damage, yeah. Fantastic finish from Raikkonen.
0: Absolutely agree with you on that one, Ren. But we'll push on a little bit and move up to Terry. Disaster for Gasly. Uh he probably would have been looking at another top 6 finish. Uh he, he qualified 6th for I think the sixth time this year. Uh, but unfortunate to get caught up in that in that little scuffle with Leclerc. Uh, Tsunoda did come home in the
2: points. Fionn what did you make of his race? That'll be another another boost of confidence. I think on last week he seems to be getting the car under him a little bit, and he's showing if he can avoid problems in qualifying and qualify roughly where he should put the car. He can he can make a decent race out of it. I think it'll take a lot of confidence from the cars he finished on front of. Yeah, Ryan, what did you make of it?
1: Yeah, very, very solid race for Sonoda today. He he looked like a, a seasoned racing driver for once. He was really, really putting the pressure on Alonso a lot of the time he was behind him. Um, and that that only bodes well for such a young driver. Like he's, what, 21, 22? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's coming up against this wily old fox in Alonso and he's holding his ground. I think it was a fantastic race for him.
2: I think for those new for those new drivers, Brogan, what they're gonna see is uh they've they've managed to curve him back a little bit, bring him back a little bit from the edge. He was a little bit reckless maybe at the start of the season. And now they can slowly let him push himself little by little. For instance, we did see uh, Leclerc come up obviously on a on a fresher set of tires, but he dispatched that group of the field pretty easily. But I think what what stopped Uh, Tsunoda from actually overtaking Alonso's maybe that little bit of uh, aggression maybe to dive into one of the corners we saw Leclerc dive quite a lot into turn three whether or not he made it stick but he forced the other drivers to have to deal with him and I think that's something maybe they've worked on with Tsunoda is maybe just take that patience and then once they give him that patience they can they can push him to try and make some of those moves a little bit more often once he once he becomes more consistent in the rest of his racing.
1: Yeah, as much as we love to hate on Helmut Marko, the driver development, whatever you call him, for the Red Bull uh, team, I think he actually sometimes does a very good job with these drivers. So Yuki Tsunoda could have been left to his devices and taken a year in F1 and then he would have been dumped out for the next best driver coming along. But they actually went and spent the time on kind of making sure he did calm down and he did kind of realize he was in an F1 car. He seemed to be a little bit, you know, over the edge. So they moved him out to Italy. Um, they moved his home out to Italy and they kind of brought him in and gave him a lot of instruction in terms of how he should act and how he should compose himself. And it seems to be working for him. It seems these last two races that he's had have been very, very strong. He seemed very, very composed. And that's not something we saw from him in the first four or five races of the season.
2: And that's fair, right? These drivers are getting younger and younger and younger and you have to give them a little bit of structure. They're not fully matured. We're not getting 25-year-olds hitting the grades in F1 anymore. They seem to be 20s, sometimes even even younger than that. So I think it's a it's a good idea maybe to put a little bit more structure in it it looks funny at the start when they're when they're doing it and it looks like they're babying them a little bit but you have to remember these guys are earning a lot of money doing a very stressful job and they're still quite young so I think it's a good sign that they're they're taking responsibility for these kids and giving them a place to uh to develop themselves where they don't have to be completely independent they can get a bit of structure given to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a few times we've seen this year uh Tsunoda versus Alonso and that's a fascinating matchup. The youngest man on the grid versus the well, second oldest man on the grid. The the maturity versus the, the rookie with the all the everything in the world to prove, but it, it's it's a fascinating matchup we've seen there. But uh pushing on up well, through Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. now, <laughs> I, what I was, were you gonna say? I
1: was just gonna say, but the most impressive part of Yuki Tsunoda's weekend was that slide tackle he made on Pierre Gasly. While playing football
0: That's another thing Alpha Terry are pushing on In the social media Championships as well They're yeah, They've
2: really pu- Started pulling out Of the bag this, this 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 year I like their Daft Punk Like keep the helmets And the, and the gear on And do everything And I have to say Gasly's tackle On Tsunoda Really reminded me Of playing with rain on the sidelines Of football matches Where he Just didn't have the speed Didn't have the footwork And just got dumped Right in his arse <laughs> yep yep that
0: absolutely right we'll push on a little bit up to alpine as we were just mentioning uh decent finish for fernando alonso in a 9 more points about as well as they can expect again but maybe more disappointing esteban ocon couldn't had a poor qualifying and didn't really push on in the race finishing 14th it seems since he's uh he's got his new contract He's kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure you can blame the contract for that. But uh, at the same time, it is strange to see this kind of regression from him. I thought last week maybe he got caught up in the pit stop strategies and all that sort of thing. But we didn't see all that sort of messing this week. So I don't know what happened to Ocon. Um, I really don't. He was running down in... Oh, was it, 16th or 17th for a long, long time? Like, he should have made quick work of that backfield uh, and worked his way up to where Alonso was during the same car at the end of the day. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know what's happening. I'd like to see a bounce back from him at some stage. Um, But yeah, maybe his confidence has taken a hit since uh, Alonso has started pulling these results out of the bag.
0: Fionn Alonso has been really impressive again this week we were saying last week that you think he's back he was saying during the qualifying that no matter what the result was he really enjoyed driving the car
2: is that a dangerous Alonso for that midfield now would you say absolutely and I think the first the first couple of races people were commenting on how how quiet he was and how how kind of slow reactions he looked and he maybe didn't look as uh, aggressive on track as as we saw him before he took his little what turned out to be a sabbatical before he retired uh and in this race we heard on the commentary that he was getting when he was coming up I believe to Vettel he was asking his his uh race director to give him the split times for every single sector like how fast he was closing on Vettel so I think it's very promising as well to see that kind of aggression start to to creep back into his racing as well
0: do you think any of the bigger teams would be looking at Alonso Reyn maybe going There's, no, he's there's too still old left in the tank? He's too old.
1: The only team I could think of would be the the great return to McLaren uh after doing him dirty like they did beforehand. <laughs> maybe yeah, at least get him into a, a a competitive car, and I mean like we saw Ricardo is not really finding his legs very well at uh, at, at McLaren at the moment so maybe that seat becomes available in a year or two years but I mean at that stage Alonso's probably a bit too old to be moving on yeah
0: my next question is how long do you see him lasting in Formula 1 this time will it will it be a couple of years or will he kind of go uh, I'll I'll see out my contract then and then I'm
1: done do you know I think that really depends on the the trajectory that Alpine have so if they end up sliding backwards towards the back of the grid, he'll be gone in two years. That'll be his retirement. But if they start putting together a car like we know they can, that kind of starts competing, gets up around the the Red Bull Ferrari sort of territory and then maybe pushing on to get a title contention car, I, I'd say he probably sticks around to be the first guy to bring the uh, the championship back to to re- formerly Renault to but to uh to Alpine. Now I don't see it happening that way, but you know, stranger things have happened in F1.
0: Indeed. Fionn, do you
2: see him sticking
0: around for much longer?
2: Uh it's hard to give a, a long term estimate. I'd say he's here another two seasons after this one for sure at minimum. That's I reckon he's gonna try his hand We know for a fact the reason he came back is to have a look at these new regulations that are coming in. They're expected to come in this year, delayed till next year. So I think he gives them two years in that new regulations. And then I agree with Rian. I think it's going to depend very strongly on the way that Alpine are projecting.
0: Interesting. Yeah, you can go home now, mate. I don't think you need to do anything more. So it's come to that time of the show once again. Rian's favourite time of the show. It is the quiz time and today we've got a tough one. I want you to name me, and this is not a case. It's it's tough enough so that it's not if you get one wrong, you're out. It's whoever gets the most right wins. And today I want you to tell me the drivers who have the most race wins without a world championship. The top ten, please. Uh, Brian I believe you won. No, you lost, lost. last week. Lost. So, Fionn, you get to start this week. Most race wins without a world championship.
2: Uh, Max Verstappen.
0: Yeah, okay. That's one. Rin. Are you going to no. tell us
2: where on the top 10 they land?
0: Yes. Okay, so Max Verstappen is
1: second. Second. I'm going David Coulthard.
0: David Coulthard is. Uh, one second. Yes, David Coulthard. Is tied for second. Uh, Mark Webber? Mark Webber is there, yes.
1: Number nine. A lot of Red Bull drivers. Uh, Jesus, who's first? Must be an all guy. No hints. I don't know, did, did Rubens Barrichello ever win a championship? I'm going Rubens Barrichello.
0: Rubens Barrichello did not win a championship. He is number five on the list. Bottas. Valtteri Bottas, yes, correct.
1: Number eight. Uh, Felipe Massa.
0: Felipe Massa, number four. Now it gets hard. Now it gets hard. If anyone gets another one, I think they win. Okay. What are we at? Are we tied at how many we have each? Uh, yes, you are tied. I don't know how many it is, but I know neither of you's got one wrong, and Fiona, it's back to you,
2: so. Okay. Uh... If he's give up, he's give up. That's all right, but. Give us a hint on the uh, on the, like, era. Are there modern drivers still on the list? There are no no drivers that I've ever seen racing. Did Senna ever win a championship? Yeah. Senna's won three of them, Phil. I think that counts as my guess. You better give Rain a shot. Or we or Rain. he can just shout in when we know one. Rain, I'll give you this one and then
0: if you get it wrong, I'm gonna give a a hint.
1: Eddie Irvine.
0: Eddie Irvine is incorrect. Oh, so what? your hint. Your hint, Fionn...
1: He never won a championship. He didn't did he?
2: win that many races, Rian. They think also he have did, to have though. won a lot
1: of races. Well, I suppose he was backing up fucking Michael Schumacher for a while. Your
0: hint is, Fionn, the way that British media talk about this man, you would have assumed he did win one. Oh, I think I know. And this is this is top of the list. Number one.
2: Well, I know it's not Paul deresta
0: It's not <laughs> Paul deresta now. I <laughs> can uh, confirm.
2: The way they talk about him. I know Diamond Hill won one, so it can't be him. Not Diamond Hill. I don't know. Go on, Rain, if you think you can shout in.
1: No, I thought it was Diamond Hill. No, uh... oh,
2: Diamond Hill won a
0: championship. Give, yeah, us, the Give us the team. Give us the oh, team, bro. Oh,
1: it was it? No. Uh, no, it was definitely not Nigel o- Old enough.
0: It's old enough that I don't know the team.
2: It was... It's not Martin Brundle. Not Martin Brundle,
1: no. <laughs> Do you say to Nigel Mansell, in? Like... Yeah, I said it's hard. He, he won, two won two or, two, or three. Think, yeah. yeah,
2: he won yeah, right around that, like Senate era he yeah. won. One.
0: So there's one that you definitely know. There's there's a Ferrari driver on the list. Okay. Oh Jesus.
1: Well right. Barrichello. No, but I'm there's massive. one that
0: you haven't said. Riken and one
1: who else is Prost. Uh, uh, no, no. Not Leclerc. Um
2: Touches it was hard. Yeah, it's very hard. We need one to break the tie. Yeah,
0: if you get one, you win. I'm calling it. Next person who gets one, it's a free-for-all. Shout it out whenever you want.
2: Oh, it's so like Sterling Moss or someone like that, bro. Sir Sterling <laughs>
0: Moss. <laughs> yes! Two in a row!
2: Two in a row!
0: Fionn takes the lead in the championship. That's two-one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get one more guess. No, you don't, Dream. We, t- we You didn't argue I, this to rule. Be fair, you I
0: said... I said, if you say the next one, you win. Uh, yeah, that, so I did say that. So, listen. Sh- Takuma place, Sato. No, Takuma didn't... Sato is incorrect. No, no, no. Uh, so, it was Sterling Moss. Max Verstappen and David Coulthard have of the same amount of wins um, as of today. Carlos Reutemann no, never in heard of him. third place. Uh, Felipe Massa ruins Barcello. Uh, Ronnie Peterson. Never heard of him. Christ. Gerhard Berger. Oh, oh, heard of him. It's the other Ferrari driver. Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Valtteri Bottas, Mark Webber, and then Jackie Ix. With eight wins. So, yeah, that was it. Fionn, you're this week's we winner. Got, Very we well got done.
1: pretty much all of them, to be fair.
0: Yeah, pretty much all of them, except for any of them. The ancient ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sterling Moss was a shock to me. The way they go on about him, you know, for won four yeah. of them or something. He's, I think they mention it nice
1: every time, though, that he's the best driver to never win a championship.
0: Yeah, yeah. They I, I suppose that is fairly. He's definitely the, the most sport.
2: English driver never to win a championship. <laughs> that's for sure.
0: For sure, for sure.
2: Uh, we call that simply lovely. Anyway, we'll move on
0: up the rankings to Aston Martin. Fionn Sebastian Vettel had a poor day today, didn't he?
2: He did, but uh, once again, my my hot take of the season. Has come bouncing back again. I don't hear you screaming at me. The last few weeks, as soon as Aston Martin have come up, you've all been screaming at me about Jim, shite him shite throws Don't talk loudly is.
1: about hot takes because you said last week that Sonoda won't score a point for the rest of the season. And I said, yeah. I'll take him for a point in the next race. You should start saying like the teams that you like. Say um, Alfa Romeo won't get a point for the rest of the Daniel season. Daniel Ricciardo
2: won't <laughs> finish in the top 10 next weekend either. How about that?
1: Okay. okay, thanks, thanks Fion- for that. You will. <laughs>
2: Excellent. Fion, what was your, your hot take last week? Was that What was
0: your hot take last week? Uh, I don't know, actually. Someone new on the podium. Was that mine? No. Maybe. Was that yours, Ryan?
1: Well, mine was that someone outside of Red Bull or Mercedes will stand on the podium. We'll but have that to didn't check. It. Okay, so yours was
0: wrong. Fion, yours was most likely wrong. As, we'll, have we to check the we'll have to check the tape.
2: We'll have to check the tape.
0: And mine was wrong as well. I said that, uh, I said a few actually. I said that Ricardo would beat Norris and I said that Ferrari wouldn't score points. But anyway, um, so, uh, Lance Stroll did much better. He yeah. finished inside the points and he was running pretty well for a while but just got did by the Ferraris yeah. quite, towards the end.
2: And again, another thing we pointed out, a bit like Sonata, he sorted out his qualifying. It's funny how a nice, subtle qualifying can really set you up well for the race if you- if you don't have to keep recovering every time, you can really settle into your groove uh, and race it the way that you want and optimize that strategy as much as you can. So uh, hopefully he can keep this steady ship on. Personally, I'd like to see Vettel as well up there too. I'd, I'd like to see the two challenges. But uh, for me, I think given the, given the Gasly missing, I think Stroll uh, outperformed his car today, if that makes sense. Uh, I think you wouldn't have been expecting to get all the way up to eight. I think that's a, a great result, but certainly has one of Reign's asterisks attached to it for sure. Brian, do you concur with Fionn's synopsis there?
1: I do, actually, yeah. Um, the Landstroll this year is actually starting to look like a racing driver. I never really rated him very highly in years gone by. I saw him as pretty much uh, exclusively a wet-weather driver. Um, but, you know he seems to have ironed out a few of the creases that he had in the last couple of years where he's, he's now consistently improving on his, his qualification. So we saw him go from back to front in the last race, obviously not all the way to the front. He didn't make it to the points, but he had a very strong race coming from 19th on the grid all the way up through. And this time around as well, he did very well to, uh, to jump up to, he was running in 6th place for a long time. um, But just got done by the Ferraris. And the Ferraris obviously have better pace than the Aston Martins. So I think this was a very strong drive from Stroll. And maybe, just maybe, he gets into the mediocre driver on the grid category.
2: He, he does have an absolutely categorically the worst haircut on the grid. <laughs> it is shocking.
1: He looks like a chimpanzee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh he, he better join Ferrari then so he can join the monkeys in the pit lane that they have
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes Um, looking at Aston Martin's season as a whole do you think they'll be disappointed they didn't push on from last year or were they kind of expecting it I know they obviously made a big deal about the rake at the start of the season but um, d- it's weird think now they're be... not
1: talking about it anymore though isn't it now that the yeah. results have started pouring in
0: like, totally dropped. But even from then, do you think they'll be disappointed that they aren't uh, challenging McLaren and Ferrari?
1: I think they saw this coming. I think that they knew they were relying heavily on the Mercedes development uh, to to bring their car forward. And I think they saw this coming with the new real changes to the floor, etc., that they were going to drop back as opposed to uh, pick up the pace and start challenging those top teams.
2: Fionn? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't think they'll be massively surprised. Of course they're gonna be a little bit disappointed given where uh, Racing Point finished last season. Uh but I think it was yeah, like Reid said, it was kind of expected. Once the rules came in, they kinda of knew if if anything was gonna be done to try and uh what would you say, reel in the Mercedes a little bit, it was always gonna affect the Aston Martin car as well. So uh I think they'd be they'll be fairly happy. I think they would have wanted to start this season Hotter than they have, but given they're still in touch and distance with the Alpha Terry, I think they're pretty happy with how the season's going, though. Mm. So, if you're moving on to Ferrari, yeah. uh, uh, they, it's been such a, a roller
0: coaster season for them. Yeah. Coming out of uh, Monaco and Baku, you're kind of thinking, wow, they have a good bit of pace, maybe they can push on from here. Yep. You go to Paul Ricard, both of them outside the points, mm-hmm. no pace whatsoever. You come here, which is another power
2: track. And all of a sudden, they're back in the top 10. Well, it, it only looked like that right at the end. I mean, j- through the free practices and qualifying, they looked really under pressure as, w- as well. And like Ryan said earlier, joking, he was like, maybe I should make some more hot takes about my own teams because they seem to work counter, counter productively. And it's done it again. I said I was very worried about Ferrari, that I didn't think they would score much in the next four or five races until the summer break. And thankfully, they have managed to keep up with... Uh, with McLaren actually today with with Ricardos finish. They managed to actually close that gap a little bit. So I think that's a fantastic result for Ferrari in terms of the weekend. Overall certainly I think there's still a lot of worries over this uh, horsepower issue. Uh, or not even horsepower issue. Because I think they can show that the engine definitely produces more power than the end of last season. But certainly those power dominant tracks there... Have struggled and look like they still will struggle. Now I heard Science interview at the end of the at the end of the race today. He says they figured out what the issue was relating to tires at Paul Ricard. So maybe that gives me a little bit more hope going forward. That any issues won't have such a dramatic impact. Uh, but yeah, I think overall a good race. Both drivers or Leclerc recovered back to his original starting position and Science. Uh, moved up quite a significant chunk. We have seen the stat that Leclerc is struggling to outperform his qualifying positions. And uh, now he had a fantastic race today, of course, but uh, a racing incident put him all the way at the back, and the recovery drive was was excellent. It's funny how often when that issue happens at the start, that when they when they put tires on and just throw out the throw out the strategy and just say. Go and race as fast as yeah. you can and see how many people you can overtake. Not just Ferraris, almost every driver. It's funny how much yeah. faster the they air. tend to be. And it's it's really strange. And they seem to overtake people. But it never seems to be the optimal uh, race strategy. Even though he just overtook probably 18 cars today in terms of between that initial pit stop and where he ended up.
0: Mm. Ryan do you think do you expect ferrari to have steadied the ship now and kind of push on from here or do you expect them to still have a kind of roller coaster all over the all over the shop typical italian
1: fashion the ferrari strategists have always got it in their back pocket that they can pull out a masterful fuck up and (laughs) that's the only thing that gives me hope out of this weekend now i actually thought i was being a little bit salty like i i I said to myself when the Gasly thing happened um, that maybe Leclerc should have got a penalty for that. It looked like he was pretty dangerous in what he did. Uh, and then again with um with Raikkonen, you know, it was on a straight. He should know where his car is in relation to the other car. And uh, I thought to myself, maybe he should have got a penalty there. But I checked myself. I was like, no, Rin, that's your anti-Ferrari mentality going on but then I listened to some of the racing drivers who were on the panel for uh, the multinational sports conglomerate um, and they actually agreed they said that Leclerc should be thanking his lucky stars that he got away without a penalty on this race now would it have made much of a difference I don't I don't think so you know the next guy along the road was Sainz and he's in another Ferrari so it, it doesn't make a whole lot of... Or was it? Did he finish? Yeah, no, science was ahead. Science, science was, was ahead. ahead. Science was ahead. Okay. But he was, well, a
2: good, he was a good distance ahead of Stroll. I think he had seven mm. or ten seconds on Stroll by the end. Yeah, so, yeah. so if second it was, if
1: was a five-second penalty, then it wouldn't have made a difference at all. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, I think Ferrari have steadied the ship. And I think it was an obvious fix for them. Like, everybody kind of saw in the French Grand Prix that they were struggling with tire degradation. And the easy fix for that is just scrub some top speed off and um, your tires will last longer you know uh, so take out a bit of or increase a little bit of downforce and you're gonna obviously struggle in terms of your qualifying time which they did but at the end of the day you have more tires left at the end of the race and you're able to really work around that a little bit better
0: fionn are we seeing the best out of Carlos signs or is there more to
2: come uh I think we're definitely seeing him settle. I would hope there's more to come. I think he's racing pretty well. If he stays where he is uh at the moment, I'd be happy enough with that. I really think we're starting to see at least both drivers reach the limit of the car. Now obviously it's their job also to through their feedback with the team and working with the engineers to push the car on a little bit, but at least at least we don't have that deficit of driver ability from the car. They seem to be over the last couple of races, okay, the French race was terrible, but that was down to degradation as opposed to poor driving, uh, so they seem to be pushing and landing the car roughly where it needs to be in each of the last maybe three, four races before that, uh, so yeah, I'd be, I'm happy with his performance so far, and I hope he can push a little bit, but again, like I said, if he stays where he is now, I wouldn't be too upset. Rihan, in this battle, moving
0: on to McLaren, uh, in this battle for the third place in the Constructors Championship, are you confident that McLaren can see it out?
1: No, not at all. And I have Is that down to Ricardo? A little bit, yes. I would expect Ricardo to be able to acclimatise better to this car. Like he's talking about himself as being one of the top drivers on the grid, and so does everybody else. But you know other drivers who have come in who are actually top drivers and even guys who have come in who are like fringe drivers are now at least competing with their teammate and i don't think yeah like yeah uh lando norris is a talent he's a very very fast driver but i mean like if you had to say at the start of the season who's better lando norris or ricardo it would have been a little bit of a toss-up. Like it would have been probably people leaning towards Ricardo just for his his experience. So I'm really struggling to see where this issue is stemming from because no matter how undrivable the car is, you should always be able to adapt your driving style to the car that you're driving. We've seen it time and again with other drivers switching teams. They they're able to switch it on. Carlos Sainz is switching it on for. Uh, Ferrari, which is the next competitor, and that's what worries me. Um Lando seems to be able to get consistently good results every week. Whereas Ricardo it could be one week, you know, fifth place and the next week thirteenth. It it's 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 that wild card that you don't need in your garage uh that's causing my concern.
0: Mm. Fionn it, it seems from what Ricardo is saying himself, he doesn't even know where this time is lost, do you think he will eventually get the hang of it? Do you still see that happening? Or are you kind of going, listen, if he if he doesn't get it soon, he'll never get it?
2: I think so. I think he will. I think he's a good driver, number one. Uh, number two, I think, that, like Ria mentioned, those kind of yo-yo results he's been getting suggest to me that it's there, right? He can hook the car up. So it's not like the car is completely... Inverse to his driving style, he can get it to suit, and it seems to be track dependent. And if they, if he can hook it up, I think he should be able to string a very good results together. I think that McLaren car is an excellent car, as Norris has shown. So yeah, I I don't know if I'll be as pessimistic as Rain. I think obviously if you're, if you're a McLaren fan, you don't really want to wait for him to hook it up, right? He kind of mm. should have it already, but uh, but there's enough science. For me as as an opposition fan to be worried about Ricardo and to know that come the end of the season, almost certainly he's going to be keeping up with Norris and not finishing outside the points as often as he has been so far.
1: I think in today's race as well, I think it's a little bit worth noting. We're we're being a little bit harsh on Ricardo. He did have power issues at the start of the mm, race. He yeah. made an unbelievable start. Yeah. He was up to fifth place. Um and he, he got a little bit unfortunate there. And we don't know how much of that carried on for the rest of the race. Like, we saw him struggle to... He didn't get by Raikkonen in the end. And he didn't get by, I think, Giovinazzi as well finished ahead of him. And that kind of suggests to me that maybe the power issue was there. Because we know that that Mercedes power unit makes more power than the Ferrari power unit that's in the back of those uh, Alfa Romeos. And Alfa Romeo are a customer team as well, which means they're automatically slower than a ferrari so they he should have really been able to overtake them which kind of leads me to believe that he had lingering issues in the background there on today's race
0: so one last question on ferrari fion for you i asked rain is he confident that mclaren could hold out and he said no are you confident obviously last week you said you'd be happy with a 40 point deficit by the summer break are you a little bit more confident now that they can pull it up to them or do you still think it will be a big deficit come the end of the year?
2: I think it'll be a big deficit come the end of the year and for the same reason Ryan mentioned earlier Ferrari love to find ways of messing themselves up strategy wise so uh, today was a good day we managed to pull out uh, what McLaren had been doing to us at the start of the season of our top guy getting their two cars parked up behind them to limit any damage I think we got lucky today that that Ricardo did have his uh mechanical problem now i I do believe like Ryan said I think we're right to criticize him a little bit because he didn't manage to push on then afterwards but from from the now on, I expect him to definitely perform better than he did today and I would not be surprised if uh the next Grand Prix he manages to be a lot closer to Norris and the two Ferraris.
0: Yeah, okay, so moving on to Red Bull, obviously absolutely dominant from Max Verstappen today. Just seemed to have the pace all weekend, obviously topped FP1 and FP2. Uh, was about two tenths ahead of Hamilton in qualifying. It just seems all very hooked up from Verstappen now, and he seems to have uh, gained a really good run of form.
1: Yeah, it's kind of insane to me that it's gone from, it like there's been a 45-second swing since last season so last season in styria the leading mercedes finished 45 seconds ahead of max verstappen now if you take out that pit stop at the end for lewis hamilton to get the fastest lap he would have been 15 seconds ahead of lewis hamilton so that's a 45 second difference there over the space of a year it seems impossible and yet here we are talking about it well he Uh, did take
2: that he did take that pit stop for
1: that. No, I'm be, but with the pit stop included, so he finished what was it, like thirty five seconds or forty five seconds ahead of him today, but I'm taking out the pit stop, there is still a forty five second difference uh over the over the course of the race. And, you know, it's given me a lot of confidence that actually Red Bull can go on and win this thing.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like Everyone had it wrong. So it's it, people were saying, oh, Red Bull have the best car at the start of the year, when it's actually Mercedes actually seemed to have the best car at the start of the year. And then when it was coming into Paul Ricard, people were saying, oh, this is when Mercedes will take hold. I have the better car. And it's actually Red Bull who who can really push on. But moving on to Sergio Perez, do you think his qualifying will become an issue for Red Bull? Or is he kind of in a good spot like he only qualified but he qualified behind lando norris which is something that shouldn't really happen in the car that they have those mclarens are pretty quick but not as quick as the red bull uh rain you you're looking a bit bemused there what's your take on it
1: i think it's it's pretty harsh to say that you know you finished behind just one other guy and now you're saying oh well you don't qualify very well but it's
0: it's behind one other guy and bottas who's his direct competitor so right, yeah. and now Bottas did start behind him with the the penalty but Bottas was second place he beat even Hamilton in that race now we all know he's pretty good at that track and he likes that track Um, but it's still for me he should be closer in qualifying do you not think?
1: I think you love poking holes in Checo Perez. I think he's done a fantastic job this season he almost almost got Bottas at the end one more lap and Bottas would have been Way in his rear view mirrors. I think he ran a good race today. I don't think his qualifying yesterday was disastrous. You know. Yeah. He probably should have finished ahead of Lando Norris. But we see oftentimes that these top drivers finish behind uh, a car that they probably shouldn't have finished behind.
0: Fion, what's your take on it?
2: Yeah, look. It's not so much the qualifying I think Red Bull care about. They care about where he ends up in the race relative to Mercedes to corner them in on strategy. I really don't think they want them to be competing with Max. I don't think that's the, go- the goal at all. In fact, if he physically can't do that, it's more advantageous than, ha- than them having to pull a botass on it and kind of force him not to be able to compete with Max. So, yeah, I don't think they'll care too much about his qualifying as long as during the races, which he has done on the last couple of occasions, get in the way of Mercedes and not let them just take whatever strategy they want and have multiple options to really cut them down and and make them, force them into a decision as opposed to giving them free reign. Mm. What this race does highlight, though, is just how good
0: Hamilton and Verstappen are. Yes. Like, obviously in the same car and they can finish what is it 30 40 seconds ahead of their teammates who are also in their cars it it seems crazy that these guys are just absolutely a cut above the rest so discussing mercedes was it just pace today where did it go wrong for them
1: yeah they just didn't have the quickest car on the day like red bull were faster from start to finish and I think Perez got a little bit unlucky that he didn't finish ahead of ahead of Bottas as well.
2: Yeah, Fionn. Yeah, I mean, I think Bottas will take a little bit of uh, solace from it. I know he got a little bit lucky that Perez didn't catch him right at the end. And certainly, if there was maybe two more laps left in the race, there was nothing much he could do to stop him going by. But uh, like to recover back from where he did, taking that grid penalty, I think he'll be happy. Like he's been under a lot of pressure. When he started a little bit further down the grid, we've seen him go backwards instead of forwards. So I think he'll feel personally quite satisfied with his race today. Uh, But yeah, Mercedes will be worried. And I don't think they'll find anything between the next, what is it, four days or five days until practice for the Austrian Grand Prix back at the Red Bull Ring. Uh, I don't see them finding that pace deficit from anywhere.
1: Well, there's going to be pretty much no development in that time. So I think... Mercedes a little bit need to take their lumps on this one. They're going to get beaten again uh, next next week. And I think the only thing that they have to focus on now is making sure that Bottas comes ahead of Perez. Because if Perez can hook it up on qualifying, like you said, Brogan, uh, maybe put it on the front row of the grid, they're going to both leave those those Mercedes in the background. Maybe not so much Hamilton. Maybe Hamilton might get a second place. But I think, you know... um. Red Bull won't really care at that stage if they have at least one car ahead of Mercedes.
0: Yeah. Is there anything Mercedes can do next week to to try and keep up? Can can strategy be any different? We've obviously seen Leclerc had to pit early and it worked for him. But they can do, do a think... little
1: rain dance, I think is the yeah, thing they can dance, do. Yeah, a rain dance,
2: yeah. Certainly. Or, see the problem with yeah. the problem with Leclerc Brogan is he was forced onto that strategy with the with the crash. I don't think Like you have to take your fastest, uh, fastest tire from uh Q two if you end up in the top ten. So I don't think there's any way to start on a hard given that rule. So I think they're kind of stuck. But they might consider going soft soft, under two stopper,
1: two stopper, maybe two stopper
2: or soft onto hard and, and skip the medium altogether. Do you think they
0: have to do this? To, to try something, because if they do the same thing again and Red Bull do the same thing again, it'll be the same result. Do they have to now try something else, do an alternate strategy?
1: Yeah, I think they do. And I think the best strategy that they could possibly do is uh, take the soft compound for Q2. Do the do the lap on the soft compound. Now you can really put the pressure on Verstappen uh, for the first few laps. Until those tires go away, and then you pit onto the hard tire and try and go long um possibly not to the end of the race, but certainly try and extend that as long as you can, and at least then you're putting the pressure on uh Verstappen because you don't you want you want it so as the the red Bull team can't be purely reactionary, so we saw today that uh Verstappen got five seconds down the road and basically then it becomes a a game of let's just do what mercedes do yeah you want to be able to exactly exactly so you want to be able to avoid that by putting in some sort of wrinkle and i think that's the wrinkle to do is to start on the softs and uh try and get them at the start
0: get out ahead and and take the initiative yeah interesting so that's all the teams discussed obviously next week same race again Fionn, are you expecting the same result again, or will that alternate strategy be enough to
2: take them ahead? No, I'm expecting Perez to beat Bottas next weekend. Okay, Rain.
1: Yeah, I'm on. I'm on Fion's page there. Uh, I expect Max Verstappen to take the win, and I expect, uh, Checo to at least be ahead of one of the Mercedes.
0: I think Mercedes are developing a special visor for George Russell. To make Verstappen look like Hamilton. So he sends him yeah. to Amsterdam instead.
2: That's what, if I'm Red Bull, I'm paying Russell to make sure that his pneumatic explodes as he drives by Hamilton. And sprays him with boiling hot uh, pneumatic fluid and maybe takes him out of race.
1: Don't you understand that, that what pneumatics true. are? Pneumatic means air.
2: Well, bu- boiling hot air then. like a melt lava. <laughs> <laughs> lab.
0: that turned three though there's I'd say there's a good take that's a there, ramp right
2: and a half if they did reverse what they should do is cause everyone would be bored seeing the same race again. they should do reverse grade like reverse uh, circuit hmm. and then send Hamo fly flying around. down the oh hill
0: <laughs> yeah should be interesting okay well it's Fionn's favourite part of the show now yeah hot takes give them to me what is a Fionn hit me what, with
2: it hot takes I did joke earlier saying uh Ricardo not to get points again, but I actually think he will perform a lot better this thing. Uh, my hot take will be No one will crash out. So no no DNFs in the next race. All twenty That's cars will finish.
0: Only happened ten times in, in Formula One history. It's
2: what? Only happened ten times that all the cars have finished the race? Yep, ten that, times. That sounds completely made <laughs> up and false. No, I'm telling you now, ten
0: times
1: it's happened. <laughs> That's an incredible stat to well, have in front of you there, The, French,
0: the French Grand Prix was the, the tenth one. That's I'd incredible. say, like,
1: three of them have been at France as well. That is the incredible. Most of
0: them have come in the last, like, kind of ten years. Or, right. Like, yeah, but then there's, like... Well, you see, yeah.
1: you weren't watching ten years ago, but ten years ago there was DNS's. Lads were just... They'd get to the grid and then the car wouldn't start. It was
0: But it's it's all cars finish the race is is what the thing was, so it's not DNS's would count as that. Only only ten times in Formula One history as I gotta say, all okay.
2: That makes it a pretty good hot take then. I'm gonna
0: it say. A it, is, a, it is a good hot take. Rain, what's yours? This <sighs> one's tough. This one's tough. None
2: of the cars finish. <laughs> <Less> <laughs> Can Mick Schumacher outdo sixteenth and finish fifteenth? ahead of Daniel Ricciardo.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say bad result for Esteban Ocon again, but I mean like that's that's just that's, that's a pretty that, that could happen. easily happen. You know what yeah. we yeah. haven't seen
2: for a while An L Sebastian Vettel Spinny Beyblade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you might be onto something there.
2: If we get uh, the wet weather, could we see an L Beyblade from Sebastian Vettel?
1: Well, we saw we saw Gunther Steiner give um Nikita Mazepin uh, a spinning top yep. this week mm, as a present. Mm. So I'm gonna say Nikita Mazepin spins and hits Schumacher at Ooh, some stage. Schumacher
0: okay, now has to finish. Is that what so you're that saying? So that means Null Null has me has and Rian can't be correct. One of us no. is gonna be wrong. One of us is gonna be wrong. It's probably somehow both of you will be wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's pretty easy, broken like one has. Yeah, one has. Finish. Or like yeah, an Alpine true. doesn't finish.
0: That's true, I didn't consider that. So, Sunday, believe it or not, the only day that is not predicted to have rain.
1: Therefore, uh, it will rain.
0: Therefore, a definite thunderstorm. Yeah, thunderstorm on Monday and Tuesday, apparently. Anyway, uh, my hot take is that because cause I'm always... so. points. No, I don't think so. <laughs> he bottles it again. I think... Because I hate on Sergio Perez so much, I'm gonna pick on him today. I'm gonna to say he doesn't finish the race. DNF.
1: Okay, I'm gonna counter that with Sergio Perez race win.
2: Could be. Ah, oh, Jesus, rain. How are it's, you? Predicting
0: it's that? full house next week in Styria. They'll have 120,000 fans in. So they had zero produce. today, and they'll have 120,000 in a week. No, it, it there wasn't zero today. There was some today, but um. It's a full house next week, apparently. So I've been told. But yeah, I think unless there's any other business to attend to, I think that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. We will be back again next week. Uh, bumper podcast. Then the week after that, we will be off because there will be no race. Then we're back for the British Grand Prix. Silverstone so expecting... Hashtag announce Grosjean. Hashtag announce Grosjean or Russell. One or the other we're expecting. No way. Uh, people were saying as well that Hamilton will be announced, but we're hearing during the week as well that they've only started negotiations. So, so that, that seems like bullshit as well.
2: I'm so, hearing I Robin be surprised. doesn't have a fucking clue what he's talking about.
0: Actually, that's the thing. Hot take. Who's in the Mercedes seat next year? Rin.
1: Well, it's not going to be Ogon anyway, who I was hoping for. No, um, not at, I mean, it's nailed on, isn't it? It's Hamilton and Russell.
2: Uh, I don't know, to be honest, and I don't think Mercedes knows. I, my hot take is we will absolutely not hear what any of the seats for Mercedes will be in the uh, Silverstone Grand Prix.
1: What I'd love okay. to see would be Russell and Tickdom.
0: <laughs> Russell and Tigdom. He's a Williams development driver.
1: Yeah, but I mean, oh, Williams, Williams development driver is automatically Mercedes territory.
2: Nassani, Roy Nassani in there with the big, bu- the big money. Boys out, Bottas' contract. Uh, Robert
0: Kubica. Yeah, Mossad yeah. to assassinate him. Definitely. Why? I don't understand why they have people like Robert Kubica doing an FP one. What is the benefit? They oh, reckon he might he's come just
1: back. A, he's, he's a sober legend.
0: I know he's a legend. Like he's obviously. Do you they reckon he won a race back, winner presume? a few times and all, but. Listen, I, I don't understand it. Anyway, we will finish up now. Uh, thank you for listening, and, yeah, we'll see you next week.